Radio Drone. So Jillian, and I know I'm spoiling the fact that Jillian is going to be our guest tonight, but so Jillian, is that the first time you've heard the Radio Drome open since you're not used to being on this show? It's it's not. What do you mean used to? I've never been on the show. Uh, Brad claims because I'm Italian I would never be on here, so. <laughs> well, Brad has now proved wrong. Since Brad is off doing, you know, movie stuff, he can't make time for me this week, bastard. <laughs> Men are often proved wrong by their wives. No, I've heard it a few times before. I haven't caught every episode just because I'm very, very busy, but I have heard it on prior ones. Hey, Jillian, did you know that there's this place called adamandeve.com out there on the interwebs? I do. I heard it on this awesome show that you and some chick are on. I know. I mean, I am so great on that show, and that chick, I don't know about her. But if you go to this adamandeve.com thing and you use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, they Use get, what? <coughs> W-H-A-T. D-R-O-M-E. You W-H-A-T. get 50% off of a single item. You get three free DVDs. You get free shipping in the United States and even a mystery gift that's so mysterious, no matter what show you're on, we don't know what it is. Mm. Now, you were saying something about that other show. Now, we're going to have to beep it. Jillian, If for those that don't know, is a regular on What the F*** with myself also on jackalope radio on saturday nights at 11 p.m central it's going to be kind of funny tonight because jillian's not used to having to do an fcc friendly show so i actually had to give her this list of this is what you can say this is what you can't say am am i right jay yeah i could be really mean right now and say what's on the can't list so you have to bleep it all it's going to be funny watching jillian struggle with her words tonight as she tries to come up with creative expletives for the things she's not allowed to say that she's used to saying (laughs) Well, I am mostly Italian, so that is 50% of the language of my people. So <laughs> it'll be a challenge. Challenge accepted. I, I said it was okay for her to use the term frack, since she's a Battlestar Galactica girl. So we'll see if she throws any fracks in the show tonight. I, I even throw in frack and everyday verbiage, and I'm like, why did I say that just instead of I'm like, where the frack is my purse? I used to throw in my gods instead of my god. I always pluraled it like from Battlestar Galactica. I do as well. I, I change it up a bit. I'll be like, oh my god, and then I'll be like, gods forbid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I do the same thing. I wanted to talk to you a little bit, since this is a movie show, we're not going to be talking current events like we do on the other show. What now, about current events that have to do with movies? Ooh. We will be talking about a current trend, well, not, not even a current, it's been going on for quite a while, but a trend in movies, but that'll be coming up later. First, I want to talk to you about all the midnight screenings you got tortured with <laughs> over the last year. Not as bad as Jake. I, I only had a few where I was Gur on, but okay. Jake. Wh- which which Gurs did you have? Well, I couldn't be too mad at Brad because Jake and Irving and a couple of the people had it a lot worse than I did. Final Destination Five or whatever it was, it it wasn't horrible on the oh my god what have they done level, but more so just so ridiculous. Yet it was like a train wreck. It was just interesting, and I was excited about to see how horrible it was. And the only interesting fact that I would take from those movies uh, that was slightly enjoyable was just the different ways they would come up with that were just ridiculous to have people die. So in that aspect, it was watchable by that, but plot-wise, it was just really, you're, you're really, yeah, you're going there. So there was that. Phantom Menace wasn't over the summer, but we did that recently a midnight screening because whenever the midnights pop up randomly we try and make those and that was just 
that that's a whole nother can of worms that I could just write a book on with what they did to the Star Warses. So the Star um, Warses, yeah. huh? The Star Warses. But yeah, that was an interesting experience in itself, not just because of the movie. Well, and the wonderful added footage for the 3D that didn't exist. And also douchey McDoucherson that was next to me that I yelled at that tried to pick a fight at the end. And I was just, I remember uh, looking over at Brad because my back was turned and he tried to start stuff with me. Ah, see, I censor myself. I almost said it, but I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I was, wasn't I was, was going to point it out, but yes. <laughs> I got a gold star. Um, but yeah, he tried to start stuff with me and just said this comment that was just smart-assy. And so I was like, zip, my coat. I turn around. He bolted. He was gone. I was like, yeah, that's right. You you better run. Okay, uh, so how, about, that was how about Transformers 3 to get so, your Michael huh? Bay fix? Oh, oh, that was over the summer. Uh, I just wasn't and I remember you, you ranted about that quite a bit. You were you were mad. Well, I wasn't even on the videos because what had happened. But was, no, I mean, you and I talking. I know how angry you were having seen that movie. I still get messages on Facebook and such from people saying, "When are we gonna get a Transformers review?" And I was like, "Well, it's kind of over now. Everybody has kind of come out with their own reviews, and just so many people harped on it, and you know, everybody." had reviewed it that by the time Brian Lewis and I had seen it it was kind of you know old news so to speak even though it was I think a couple days after the actual release but yeah I remember going and I actually had a nightmare before I went to go see Transformers 3 and I dreamt that Michael Bay he raped the franchise to the point where I dreamt that he had Unicron origin a golf ball that got hit with a spark and then created you know what Unicron actually is I remember waking up and I was like, oh, thank God, it was just a dream. And um, the reality of it was actually somewhat more worse than that little tidbit. But uh, yeah, as for the messages of people asking when, when the interwebs will feel my wrath, I suppose on the next Transformers. And it, it's kind of funny because filming the snob movie, Shia LaBeouf's booth all the time will be doing something like, no, 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 wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. And it's just, I've started incorporating that, unfortunately, just into real life-isms where I can't something or someone's going off on something like no 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 but yeah Transformers was a big one and I'm really not looking forward to the fourth one uh, I got one I want to ask you about well hold on what ties in with Transformers this was a double whammy and it wasn't a midnight screening because it was on it was on net by the time I had seen it but the Avatar movie uh, The Last Airbender and I'm a huge huge fan of the series and Brad, Sarah, and Brian had already seen it, and they wanted me to join the club. Like, no, 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 it would be funny in a group of people. I'm like, Arr. so my blood pressure was still at the roof of at the Michael Bay abomination, and so I saw it, and I was just livid. I I felt my blood pressure just rising. I was like, why did you do that to me? Yeah, I kind of went off topic there at the midnight screams. But well, I would like to speak to you about glitter in your hair, pie on your face. <laughs> And if the, for those of you that don't go to Brad's site that are just fans of the show, you need to see their review of whatever the latest Twilight piece of crap was. Jillian wound up with glitter in her hair, pie on her face. Uh, didn't you get applesauce at one point? I got pretty much everything under the sun there. It was, uh, yeah, Breaking Dawn Part 1. Cause, yeah, Eclipse was before. And it was funny because I started off the video the first few words and I accidentally said eclipse and so we just you know that was the only thing where we kind of restarted it and Brad was like well that's fine I just started it here anyway but yeah it was a one-shot take and it was really scary to do not just because of the fact that I had to watch the movie um but (laughs) because it was an all one take thing and it 
kind of set the bar really high. I'm, I'm nervous of what is in store for me for the last movie. So I'm already dreading it. Brad has become, you know, not excited, but more so really prone to one see it at because of the audience. Uh, and I'm like, can't we just wait and see it, you know, not at midnight? He's like, oh, no, the audience is like the best part. And um, the only good part. But unfortunately, our audience was really tame at the showing we went to, which it was like a 1210 showing. So I think all of the diehard nutcases were in the actual midnight proper. So, yeah, the idea of it was I get pelted with a bunch of stuff. And uh, I actually was the one that brought glitter to the table because I said, well, it's Twilight. You can't not have glitter thrown at me if everything else is going to be. And the biggest question I get from this is, did I know what was coming and it went exactly and was it scripted? Um, it wasn't scripted, which meant I definitely had to see the movie because <laughs> I had to do a pseudo type of review. I knew what was going to be thrown at me and in what order, but I didn't know when. We didn't really have, you know, keywords because I was so afraid since it was all one take that I was going to expect it. So maybe my eyes would drift or I would pause knowing, oh, at this word I get, you know, such and such thrown at me. So that's how that was done. And it was all one take. And we decided to do a play on the lights going out because that was a big thing that happened during the midnight screenings because my car only the dashboard lights will only be, or not dashboard, uh, the overhead lights would only be on for so long. And since the some of the reviews went a little longer, the lights would shut off and I would be like, oh crap, we gotta, you know, open the door. So we did a play on that. So yeah, it was really, really hard not to crack up. And I almost lost it once, but I just kind of played it off as a, you know, really distressed type thing. One of the stories you told me off, Mike, you were, you were talking to me on the phone and you were telling me something like, Three days later, and I've showered a half dozen times, and I'm still, I still got glitter dandruff, is what you told me. I was kind of upset because I told Brad, I was like, the deal is, you can pelt me with all of this stuff, but you have to clean up the car. There are still glitter remnants and crap in the car. And he's like, well, I didn't say when I would do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get stuff in writing, <laughs> which I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but there it is. <laughs> but yeah, I had a few comments of people saying, oh, you need to tone down the fangirl and my response to that was just, have you met a Twilight fangirl? Oh, gosh. I went into the restrooms before the movie, because it's a long movie. 98% of the conversation were these little twee fans. Uh, just like, oh, my God, I've been here since like 10 o'clock. And oh, oh, those shoes are so cute and blah, blah, blah. And just going on and on. And I'm just like, kill me, kill me now. And oh, I also get um, asked a lot about whether I'm an actual fan of the movies. No, I am not. Uh, when the first movie came out, I will admit it had what I have come to call the Star Wars Episode 1 effect, which when Star Wars, the first episode was first released, not the re-release of the 3D, that's still crap. When the first episode was released, it was just, oh, another Star Wars is so awesome. And you're so stoked about the movie that, you know, maybe you don't recognize all of the faults, but you still see some of them, i.e. Jar Jar and all that stuff. And then you give it a few days or just a few hours even, and you're like, that was the biggest pile of I have ever seen, and why did they do this? And I will admit, I, I was a fan of the books. I never got through the last book because it became to the point of, oh, I'm a vampire now, oh, I'm so pretty. 
prance around the woods. And after about five pages of that, I was like, done. But I was a fan of the book before it became... I liked it ironically. No, it was before it actually You hipster had... bitch, you. <laughs> oh, we could say bitch? All right, it's, it's on. <laughs> no, I was a fan before, you know, the popularity had really hit its peak. I wasn't looking at it for subtext. And when people told me that, I was like, oh, I totally see that. I, I didn't see it before. It was just one okay, of those things. Okay, Jillian, I'm going to interrupt you here. When I think of the Twilight movies, subtext is not a word that enters my head. Well, okay, let me finish my thought. <laughs> uh, it was subtext in the, in the fact that, okay, the whole abstinence thing. It didn't really hit me that that's what she was trying to go for because he is from the 18 or 1900s or whatever. And that's what they did back then. They courted properly. So I was just meh. And Bella, yeah, she was a two-timing bitch. I was just like, oh, you suck. But I am on a lot of road trips, so I will read you anyways because you're an easy read. It was. It was an easy read uh, in a large amounts of pages. So I was fine with it. But yeah, I, I recognized its faults. I was like, okay, spar sparkle pyres, whatever. I'll get over it. And then just as the books went on, it kind of became a, a train wreck type thing to where it was like, okay, where, where is she taking this? So the first two books I, I got through all right, and then it just got to the point where I, I read it just because it was, okay, we went this far. And like I said, I never got past the fourth book. Uh, it's still unfinished, which, so that, the plus side on that is the last movie will be surprise, which I still think it's going to be like 40 minutes of Bella just frolicking through the woods. I'm so pretty. Since we're talking vampires, i got to ask you, the day Jillian and I are recording this, the first Dark Shadows trailer for that Tim Burton abortion is out. Have you seen that yet, Jillian? Yes, and Brad and I are kind of on the same page here. Uh, because they made it into a comedy, from the preview actually it looks pretty good. And oh, uh, Brad and I are so going to fight about that. Brad and I are going to so fight about that next week. My bad. Uh, no, but you have to remember that Dragnet was a serious TV show as well, and they, you know, farcified it and turned it into a comedy, but they did it right. Yeah, because so, they, okay. they didn't farcify it. They just played up how straight the original show was to the point it became comedy. The characters never in the movie realized that they're in a comedy. You look at this Dark Shadows trailer, these people are all one step away from looking at the camera and going, wah, wah. See, I disagree with that. But what really took me back on the trailer was it starts out with this epic period piece movie. And I'm just like, oh, this looks awesome. And then it breaks into the comedy stuff. I'm like, what? And it's so schizo in the trailer anyway. I'm like, well, it, and speaking of, you know, changing shows to um, movies and changing the tone of it, the whole 21 Jump Street thing. Oh. <laughs> well, hold on. It's become, it's become kind of a general consensus that if you were a fan of the show, you're probably not going to like the movie. If you've never seen the show, the movie actually doesn't look that bad. So but what that's I don't the get problem. When... But that's the problem. Then why make a movie of this show if you're not making it for people who were fans of the show? That's, that, to me, has never gonna... made sense to me. Well, that's what I was going to say is I don't understand how if you're going to change that much of it, there's so many formulas to movies and things that have been recycled and redone that you can do a movie like that and not call it 21 Jump Street. Or if you're going to do it, make it a, you know, farce name, a play on it, like a spoof. Uh, so with that aspect, I understand fans of the show being upset. That would be like if they, when Peaks Man just completely, you know, abominized what it stood for. So with the 21 Jump Street situation, 
I, I do agree that, you know, the people who are really pissed off about it have Me. every right to be, but people who haven't seen it may actually enjoy it because looking at the previews, I was like, you know, if, if that wasn't 21 Jump Street, I bet a lot more people would like it versus everyone being like, oh, what did you do? Because a lot of people have, you know, bay rage towards it, of my equivalent anyways, uh, to where it's, you Me. know, raping their youngerness. Yeah. Me. Um, they should have had Michael Bay do it and be like, kabla. So, well, yeah, but, I, but, but then, but then you also have, you have ones like Starsky and Hutch where it's, I see, loved that. see, I hated it, but I didn't like the original series either, but I didn't like what they did to it. They basically said, we're going to pretend like the original series was a hundred percent hardcore drama and we're going to just make total fun of that. And I don't understand. Okay. Again, if you're going, if you're going to remake a show like that, why don't you make it for the original audience? I didn't like Miami Vice, the Michael Mann movie, but he made that for Miami Vice fans and in a way that it would still appeal to Miami Vice fans. He wasn't making fun of the original show. Like, for years. I mean, Jillian, did you ever watch Cagney and Lacey when you were growing up? Yeah, I know of it. I just Okay. For years, there's been this script floating around Hollywood that pulls a Starsky and Hutch on Cagney and Lacey. And because, you got to remember, both characters were straight in the original show, but they were strong took no crap from men women the the script that's going around that they keep trying to make they're hardcore man-hating dykes because because <laughs> apparently that's what hollywood executives think is funny let's take strong independent 80s women and we just make them dykes because that's the only thing they could have been back then and i just you people don't understand what made the original shows work and how to make a movie of those but that's the thing, too, like, going back to the Dragnet situation, aside from, you know, Friday's nephew or whatever uh, character that Dan Aykroyd played, everybody else was pretty comical in a way to where, I mean, I guess it's time to... Harry, Harry Morgan was playing the same character as a captain now, though. Well, no, I know. I just meant, you know, no one really captured the essence of what that show was other than Dan Aykroyd because he just... Dan Aykroyd was pitch perfect, though. He, right, that's that's what I'm saying. But everybody else in it, it was clearly a comedy. I mean, it wasn't made to look like like what you were saying. I, I don't agree with that. But see, to me, the, the way Dragnet was done, it was done honoring the original show, and it was done with sincerity and honesty. It was not saying we're going to make fun of the original show. We're just going to play up the aspects of the show that did not age well. You know, the, the the extremely clean cut aspect of Joe Friday, the the really no frills action that the original series had. And they just kind of put that into a 1987 context. That's fine. And some people are going to accuse me of, well, that's what 21 Jump Street's doing. It's putting <laughs> it into a 2012 context. No, it's not. Have you Ma seen it? No. The day we're recording okay. this, it just came out. But I will never see it. But even scenes in the trailer, like, when did I get stabbed? That's awesome! And then when he gets hit by the car, I think I shit my pants. That is not in any way in keeping with anything that would have ever appealed to fans of the original show. That you is, know what, th this I is think... just a Judd Apatow comedy that says, we've got the rights to this title, we're just gonna use it. Well, what I think is, if you, you could pick and choose clips from Dragnet even though, to people that were hardcore Dragnet fans, and they would look at it as well and say, what the heck is this crap? 
So I really think that maybe you should see it before you go on a rant about how horrible it is. Not that I'm saying I think normally you like it. I, normally I would, Jillian. Normally I'm one of those people that I go to see a bad movie that I know I'm going to hate so I can factually bitch about it. I hate 21 Jump Street so much based on concept, on Jonah Hill, on Channing Tatum, and on those trailers alone. I will actually kill someone if I have to sit through this movie. I, I literally, I will not see this movie, and it is will always be crap to me. I don't care if that makes me hypocritical to all the little <laughs> on Brad's site that seems to, to, to hate everything I say. I don't care. Oh. I hate this movie so much, I will not ever sit through 21 Jump Street the movie. See, I you were talking about this the other day. I don't understand why you hate Jonah Hill so much. I, I don't find him remotely funny. I think he's an absolutely terrible actor. Uh, his appearance on Saturday Night Live confirmed that, that he just, he has, he had no, no clue whatsoever what he was doing when he was on Saturday Night Live. I think he's a terrible writer. He's a terrible actor. And I just, I, him and Seth Rogen, their popularity baffles me. I don't understand how those two keep getting acting roles. It's the same thing with Channing Tatum. The man has been in about a dozen movies I've seen, and I've never seen him act for one single second yet. He's got to have one of the best agents in Hollywood because the man is a block of wood. Yeah, Brad is not a is not a Tatum fan. <laughs> I don't really have, uh, I haven't seen a whole bunch of his movies to be like, ooh, I hate you, but I'm just, whatever. It's another guy that's just kind of playing that generic role. The thing with 21 Jump Street, I am so angry that that of what they did to it. And then the fact that it's an official sequel to the series offends me even more. That that I can get if trying to, you know, tie in what it was and say, okay, well this, you know, picks up from where it was. If you're gonna do a movie based, you know, tribute, whether you do it well or not, you know, especially when it's so many years later, you should at least make it original and don't try to especially if you're changing the tone of it. You know, if you're changing the tone completely, don't say it's a prequel or a sequel. I think you should just take it for what it is and try and, I don't want to say revamp, but if you're going to, you know, completely change what it was, don't say it's continuing from something serious. Battlestar Galactica is a perfect example. Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica, yeah, the, the 2003 series changed a lot of stuff. But they were their own specific. Starbuck was a woman. We are starting. Oh, that pissed me off a lot. <laughs> oh, please! It's Starbuck, not Stardust. Starbuck was awesome. I don't. No, know. no, because Katie Sackoff is another one of those people that. How does she get acting roles? She has. I mean, she always looks like she's reading off cue cards. Her performance never has anything behind it besides. Look at me! I'm famous now. I disagree. I, I think, think Katie Sackhoff is a horrendous actress. <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily mind, like, Boomer being changed to a woman. That didn't bug me. I actually thought, and this is one of those reverse racist things where... Because she was Asian? No. I, I'm talking about Colonel Ty. He was a black dude in the original series, and he's Canadian Michael Hogan, white guy in the new one. But Michael Hogan, I think, did a much better job because they actually gave his character more oomph. Yeah, in the I new didn't series, see a whole lot of the original series. Like I caught it, you know, here and there, but I I do know some of the changes they made, and I loved it. And Gaius Baltar was by far my favorite. Um, I, I like the original. I am just so deliciously evil, Baltar from the original series. Not this. They think I'm a good guy, so I'm going to kind of pretend I am for a while, Baltar. No, they. Do. I mean, no, I mean they. 
assumed he was a good guy uh, before they knew, and then they kind of caught on, and he was that deliciously evil but in a likable way, and he wasn't really evil in the, the entire sense of, you're horrible, you know, you should be in jail type thing, but more so unscrupulous would be the word that uh, I think would apply to him because he just was kind of out for himself and it was, oh, guys, what are you doing? But he was one of those guys that you love to watch doing these, you know, horrible things. You're like, what are you doing now? But it's just so engaging. And uh, I, I loved the Guys Heavy episodes. And whenever I remember watching it with Sarah and I'm just like, is this a Gaius episode? And I'm like, where's Gaius? So I, I don't know. Not not a crush per se, but more so just a little squee moments whenever Gaius would be there because it was just so entertaining. Let, let's go back to the Dragnet, the movie versus the original 50s TV show. Oh, wait, actually, actually, real quick, while we're on uh, the subject of Battlestar before we get off of it, do you know they're uh, thinking of doing a, another movie? Yep, I heard that. You don't sound happy. Uh, that series finale was one of the biggest kicks in the nuts I've ever seen. I mean, that series finale that, you know what? Wait, wait, don't say anything because I actually haven't had a chance to finish it yet. All right, I won't give give any spoilers, but it is so insulting. Literally, the second half of the two-hour finale is so insulting, not only to all the previous episodes, but to you as a viewer, that, Jillian, I'm going to be surprised if you don't throw your remote at your screen. I won't because it's a big screen and I love it far too much. Uh, That you won't figuratively throw your remote at the screen. (laughs) I'll go like mind bullets on the screen. Because it is um, so insulting. Well, do you know if it's supposed to be a separate entity or is it continuing with the, the canon of the last series? Because I know, because uh, when I had interviewed Noah Hathaway at the last con, that they had approached him for it. Um, and he, of course, was in the original Battlestar series. And so I didn't know if since they're trying to get him back, if it's kind of a different canon. What or- I What I heard is it's another reboot. It will have no continuity with the 2003 series or the original series. Why does it piss you series. off so much? Because if you well, first disagree of all, with what the series was, why are you pissed off no, that they're trying I, to... I loved Battlestar Galactica up until about a half hour to 45 minutes before the finale was over. It, it, it's one of those, the finale, the plot twist comes, it's so annoying that you just, you get so angry. That See, it, I might have guessed it because I'm really good at inferring into movies being like oh i bet this is gonna happen and well you and i'll talk about that when we're done recording okay well no i don't want to talk about it when we're done because i don't want to know no what i just want to hear your guess oh well no because it's no 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 I, i'm doing it myself but anyway okay. um but but no it, it's yet another reboot and that's another thing that bugs me but we'll get to that in a couple of minutes uh, but i want to talk back about like yeah, drag no, the, oh, okay. The, the, well, why are we still harping on Dragnet? Because there's one thing that Dragnet got absolutely perfect as a semi-reboot and sort of making a comedy out of the original. Jack Webb, the guy that did Dragnet, people that worked with him have said he would have loved this movie. That it would have been that this is a good follow-up to his show. And that's the thing. You've got the, the fans of 21 Jump Street all the reviews are basically saying uh, of the movie are saying the fans of the TV show are going to hate this. And that's when you know you've done it wrong. When you've done it right, you go, the fans of the TV show are going to like the movie. The fans of the movie are now going to be interested to go. I want to now see the TV show with 21 jump street. Other than, you know, the Johnny Depp factor, no one's going to go, oh, my God, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum were so funny in this. I got to see how comical the, the TV show was. Nobody's going to do that. 
So that's the thing with Dragnet that it got right. It kept the spirit of Dragnet in its film. And Jack Webb would have probably loved the show. Yeah, and that's what I don't understand about things like Transformers and G.I. Joe, how they messed it up so much. And I mean, I'm not going to get into a Transformers rant, but what I will say is, you know, almost everyone that I know grew up with it in the 80s absolutely hates it. They just ruin and misconstrue so many aspects of what was great. They could have taken the 1986 movie and redone it. And I mean, there is more feeling from those animated characters than you get from even the people. When you see Prowl die, when he gets shot on the shuttle in the 86 movie, and you, and you see the smoke come out of his mouth and the lights in his eyes go out, there's emotional impact right there. Well, hell, I mean, even Megatron, before he gets, you know, thrown off Starscream, before he turns into, you know, Galvatron and everything, he's just, wait, I still function. And it's just so sad. And he gets thrown out. It's like, oh, my God, you know, and there's more just emotion from these robots, which, you know, you've got it a few times with Optimus Prime. But like I said, I mean, I could could go a whole episode just on Transformers, so I'll, I'll try not to get into that. But my point is... I don't understand how they can take something with such great source material and just screw it up. And then you've got kids, which this is the most disturbing thing, who are going to think, that's Transformers. It's like, really? I don't, I don't get that. But and they did they the did same thing. They did the same thing. with G.I. Joe. Like the, the trailer for G.I. Joe, the second movie, essentially apologizes to the audience. They kill off like all of the Joes at the beginning. And it's like the Except new. Except Channing Tatum, you know, of course. Yeah. And it's like the new rising of Joes. And then you've got the Cobra flags coming, you know, from the White House. And, and then, of course, the ending of the trailer, you've got freaking Bruce Willis. And it's just. Oh, As the original G.I. Joe, no less. Right. And so it's just, it's so funny because within the first, I don't know, it's maybe the first minute or less of the trailer, it's just, you know, the Joe's on a mission and uh, the pickup crew or the, or not the, they were like co-assault team. And they're like, all oh, the Joe's are dead. And it's just like the whole trailer is just, you know, hey, we're apologizing. Now we're going to try and do it right. And I'll admit, I could not even get through the first Joe movie. It's just, I, that was such a huge part of my childhood. You know, we had the DVD box sets with all the original PSAs, which are hilarious. Well, see, part um, of the problem is why, why like, the Michael Bays and the Stephen Summers on G.I. Joe, or, or even why Tim Burton is screwing up Dark Shadows as bad as he is. You get all these filmmakers that come in and they go, well, this is something old and beloved, but I want to put my style on it, my stamp on it. And you go, okay, if you're, ma- if you're, making, it, yeah, if you're making an original movie, Yes, you put your stamp on it. When you are adapting source material, you goddamn pay respect to the source material. You don't go, I'm changing everything. Well, that was the thing, too. It's you had, you know, all these, and again, I keep going to Transformers. It's like a trap. It's a trap. Um, I keep going back to it, and it's just, oh, God, you had, like, oh, I'm sorry. It just, it just makes me so mad. You had elements from it. Like, they had, you know, the spark. And they just completely twisted what it actually was. And I'm still mad that they never really had hot, you know, hot rod and that whole story arc. And then you've got NASCAR bots and just stuff thrown in there. Just and, and, and then you have the ra- then you have the racist twins. Yes, I, I wasn't even going to go there, but and the whole aspect, you know, when the robots came to Earth, you know, they kind of took on the the first things that they came in contact with, and 
Decepticons that were primarily weapons, um, a few, you know, fighter jets, things like that. And then the Autobots that were, you know, primarily vehicles. And that's kind of, they assim- assimilated when, when they first came with Earth. And then you've got... Um, Except that. that's the only problem I had with the original TV show. Why would Teletran 1 even revive the Decepticons when it knew they were bad guys constantly trying to steal it? <laughs> I never understood why Teletran 1 would do that, but that's just the nerd. drama. Yeah, that, that's just the nerd in me coming out, but. That's, that's fine. No, but, and on my thing, cause I, oh god, I, it all like mits together with just this horribleness, and I think it was, I think it was the third one where they had, um, Razorbeak or whatever, and he's turning into, you know, a mouse on a computer and a piece of, you know, art on the wall. I'm just like, what are you doing? They can't just transform into whatever the heck they want to do. Well, and, and, and then they have the old man robot with the, the, the shards of metal where a beard would be. Why would you? And then there's robot heaven and then the one that can look like a person with flesh and sweat and this is dumb. Yeah. It's going T-1000 territory there, man. Well, but see, the Michael Bay, no, the G.I. Joe didn't do this as much as the Michael Bay films You need to get did. off Michael Bay because I, I'm seriously going to talk about this for the rest of the time. But Jillian, this actually feeds into what we were saying about 21 Jump Street and Starsky and Hutch. He decided comedy. How much, if you really take out how many parts of those first three Bayformers movies are either comical or supposed to be comical, that probably takes up half of each of those movies. Michael yeah, Bay think... wanted to make a comedy of Transformers. And that's the thing, too. It's, oh, it's kid-friendly and it's comedy, you know, fart jokes, blah, blah, blah. No, but no. Then, Bumblebee on. peeing on people and Devastator's balls and that, that's not kid-friendly Ooh, no, humor. No, don't get me started on Devastator. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that robot with the freaking Tim Burton shark mouth from freaking... James and the Jeep with the revolving teeth. And Devastator was a very, you know, he, he was made up of all the little bots and he was intelligent and they just, they ruined it. It was, you didn't see any part of him prior to being Devastator and they just showed the end parts of the transformation where it's like, oh, it's, you know, constructed guys, you got the construction bots and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh gosh. Well, but and then, they turn it into this dog thing without any form of intelligence. And it was just, oh well, man. But then I understand those movies, you don't want to make it black and purple or purple and green and all that. You know, it's like. But, uh, but those uh, movies, and G.I. Joe did this too, is they have not, not just contempt for the source material, contempt for the audience. This will be the last time we talk about Bayformers on this episode, okay? <laughs> on this but, episode, yes. We'll, but, have, we'll have a special Transformers 4 episode where I maybe. guest star. But yeah. the. The end of the first movie has such contempt. We're going to drop the Decepticons off into the coldest, deepest part of the ocean, and then to try and make a conspiracy that this never happened. What? Nobody took photos or video. Yeah, Nobody saw point. these giant, you know, the millions of people that saw these giant robots rampaging through the city. What? Was that swamp gas? Was it a weather balloon? I mean, just the contempt of that. And then the second movie picks up with, well, it is a conspiracy and the people bought it, but I'm trying to expose it. No. How do yeah, you have that whole, much contempt for the intelligence of your audience? The whole Leonard Nimoy thing, just throwing in that, you know, uh, the line from Star Trek, which I don't even want to utter because it makes me mad that it was in there. And they made, you know, him look like Leonard Nimoy. It's like, that doesn't make sense. It's like, you're just doing that as a That's called fan service. Point. That's fine, but it's not fan service to the right fans, you know, and that pissed off fans. That pissed off everybody. Transformers, yeah. That pissed off everyone. 
Yeah, and it's just, you know, the canon, they went with it. And the original Transformers, it was very secretive. You know, not everybody knew about them. And there was this... Well, I'll, ar- I'll argue with you on that because... You know, I mean, you, you, well, the original you, original series. Yeah, not, no, okay. no, I'm 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 saying that. Remember how you'd have Bumblebee just driving through town, and then with Spike and Transform, and he'd walk into the store with him, and you know, you'd have the um. The '80s weren't perfect. I mean, look at Captain <laughs> N. I meant for the most part, it was a very secretive thing. I mean, come on. You, you, you had, I think it was Smokescreen, or it might have been Skids that was actually going to dance clubs with human women. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, like I mean, it, it, they were hardly secret. You know what I mean, though. I know, but I'm not going to make it easy on you. Do you ever? No, that's why I'm an asshole. Asshole. The 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 dark shadows thing. No one is happy with this. I mean, Tim Burton. He's already proven about nine films ago that he stopped caring. That that he doesn't even Brad, try because Brad. Brad was kind of like, I, I don't know if they do it. Or- it's Austin Powers. So That's what it is. It's Austin Powers. Episode. It's Barnabas Collins. <laughs> Barnabas Collins as Austin Powers. Hey, look, I don't understand all this newfangled 1970s technology. I, then- I don't want to get into this one on you because, I mean, you and Brad oh. are going to talk about it. And honestly, I haven't seen the original to be able to compare and contrast. I watched Brad, the original show Brad and the 19... 19- the original, and he is somewhat looking forward to it. And he said it, it could... It has the possibility of being good. I've so seen I the original. Let... I've seen the follow-up TV movies in the 70s. I've seen the 1991 revival. And I don't think I'm going to see this abortion. I'm saying I will let you hash that out with Brad. So let's not get too much into that because it'll just be, you know, a repeat. And I'm and Brad has much more to contribute to. I, I'm surprised you're not sitting back there going, fight, 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 fight. You know, what it comes down to is these things, I'm so sick of the filmmaker taking the source material, and you hear this all the time, especially on, like, 90s adaptations of older material, when you listen to the commentaries and that, the director always goes, you know, I liked this part of the novel, and I liked this part, but I wanted to change this, and I wanted to... You hear this part all the time. I wanted to put my own stamp on the character or on the story. And you go, then you're not the right person to adapt it. And adaptation means you take the source material and you visualize that on the screen. You don't change it to your personal, well, you know, this character, I think I think this character is better as a lesbian. I mean, truthfully, though, that there is some room for change with anything. Because if you are creating something, as long as you're an actual fan and you're not just, oh, I'm reading this and, oh, this would make a good movie. I don't really like this. I'm going to do, you know, this aspect. That's different. And there's always going to be subtle changes and, you know, cuts to make it on screen worthy. Well, I um, understand that. Yes. Any, any, any book you have, anyone who has read the book and they see the movie, almost every single time you're going to hear the words, the book was better. Some movies do it better than other, other movies with the adaptations. Uh, the Mists of Avalon was actually a miniseries and I read the whole book all 900 some pages of it and the series it, it's okay it's very weak in comparison to what the book was but they never really did anything that pissed me off to the degree as some other stuff nowadays uh, they, they took out some key characters that were very very interesting I'm one of those people who always has something going on in the background when you know you're working and I can't put a book on in the background so it did the book enough justice so that I can have it on and not be pissy about change. Um, what it was for anybody who hadn't read the book, it's decent. You know, it's a, a decent Arthurian uh, story 
but it focuses on the point of view of what was going on with the women characters during the whole, you know, saga. Harry Potter was another one. I never read the books, but I spoke with people who had read the books and, you know, their qualms with what the movie had done. Uh, some I agreed more so because even the last movie, Sarah had to kind of be like, okay, well, this is what was going on with that because by the last movie, it was kind of, they would do the thing where they would ch- touch on certain aspects, but then not fully explain it. So it was just kind of a nod to the fans to be like, oh, here's this, you know, infer the rest to where I, you know, as someone who hadn't read the books, was just kind of, what? Wait, huh? Well, but and then- so it was good to have that explanation. But then you had the diehard people who were like, they took out that part with Hagrid and his pet dragon. And it's like, really? Was that really pertinent to the story? The fact that he had a pet dragon? It, it really wasn't. And stuff has to be taken out. Now, that is different than completely raping the source material, as some recent stuff does. Um, and speaking of remakes and everything, I'm really pissed off that they're remaking Robocop. I mean, hell, they remade Footloose, which just was a very, very bad idea. Well, and I'm just like, we, what we don't is have next? Enough time to go into, sacred. Yeah, we don't have enough time to go into RoboCop. Okay, well, just trust real me, quick, I got I mean, a lot to say I feel on like that nothing too. is sacred. I feel like any day now someone's going to be like, oh, well, let's remake Back to the Future because in 2015 they had flying cars and hoverboards and it's almost 2015 and we don't have that yet. I'm like, no, no, don't do it. And just some things shouldn't be touched. And I mean, some things are timeless, like RoboCop. Like, I can understand them wanting to remake Clash of the Titans, even though I did not like the remake and I was a huge fan of the original. Um, I can understand even if they wanted to remake Flash Gordon. I love the movie Flash Gordon, would probably be pissed at what they would turn it into. But those type of things to where they didn't have the technology and it was blatantly, you know, cheesy, I can kind of understand now, dependent upon whether you can do it right. And I don't think a lot of these studios are doing it the justice that it deserves, but something like RoboCop, that's timeless. There's nothing wrong with The movie was perfect in the first place. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those movies, even though it was, you know, cheesy stop-motion animation with, you know, the Ed 209 in certain parts. If you CG'd that, it would look way worse than it, you know, ever is. And I I don't dislike the casting, because they casted uh, What's-His-Face from The Killing, the druggy partner. Um, But at the same time, I know they're just not they're just going to mess everything up and I'm very saddened that they're doing this and that'll be one for I'm sure the midnight shines. Well, I want to I want to quick say now there are a few examples I'm going to get into where an adaptation did change parts of the source material for the better. When you've got source material that is flawed in the first place and you change the dumb stuff, that's actually a positive change such as Manhunter, the 1986 Michael Mann movie that was an adaptation of Red Dragon. The ending of Manhunter and Red Dragon could not be farther apart. The ending of the book is stupid. It comes out of nowhere. It would require so much use of coincidence that it actually betrays the rest of the book. Michael Mann said, no, I'm going to change that, and I'm going to make it a little bit more action-packed and make more sense. Positive on Michael Mann. So what does the remake do, the Anthony Hopkins one? Keeps the idiotic ending of the book. (laughs) So well, it's, it's like, like they're remaking Total Recall, and that I can somewhat understand because that was so that, changed from the yeah, source have material. Yeah, have you ever read? However, have you ever read? We can remember it for you wholesale. I'm sorry. Have you ever read? We can remember it for you wholesale. The source no. material. Yeah, there's nothing besides the barest thread of the plot in that if from the short story. Yeah, because the book of Total Recall, the main character is actually short story. You know, it is a short story, not a book. I'm sorry. I, the written text of what it was 
is it's in book form it's found you know but ooh, uh it's a pencil pusher guy and then of course when schwarzenegger got a hold of these like uh, you know let's action pack it and everything was about the action speaking of action we so didn't even get into the whole pg-13 versus R. that was actually supposed to be our topic and we just went off on this it just oh it just meanders away i wish i wish we had more time we need to have a few episodes of what the be like movie based like we did for the the D segment because this is this is fun. no because what the fuck is about current events and we talk about news stories well fine because chuck norris being a little i was gonna say something i can't say being a little jerk face there and him being eh, it has to be pg-13 that's current so i say full dibs on that maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a future what the fuck episode uh with total recall you know they completely changed what the character was so i can understand them you know wanting to try and remake that more like the source material as long as they do it justice uh but with certain things where they just are completely saying we're gonna do this and completely change it it's then call it something else like with clash of the titans my my main thing was you know yeah it was flawed it didn't exactly follow greek mythology etc but they did the nod to the fans by saying you know oh google the owl he sucks and ha 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 but it's like if you're a fan of the original you, a lot of people are like oh i love google the owl i like google turned, the owl right they they turned perseus into this butthurt little jaded guy who just wants to stick it to his dad zeus and that's the only reason he's doing it they took away you know and yeah the romance was weak it was a oh i met you in a dream and so they're all of a sudden in love etc but you know, a lot of stuff with the whole love it for sight crap and uh but they they completely took that out where perseus was in love with his guide and then his guide dies and there was no connection with andromeda whatsoever and that was the whole point of the story where, you know, you had these lovers and then she's going to be sacrificed. So he goes out on this quest to save the woman he loves versus, you know, I resent you, a father, so I'm going to stick it to you and kill the Kraken. It was just, it completely killed everything that that was for me anyway. Well, actually, a future topic Brad and I are going to have is going to be movies that or especially remakes that totally missed the point of the original. Mm-hmm. And that would be one of those. Yeah, I, I told Brad because uh, we'll have another slew of midnight showings, of course. And I was like, oh, I'll go to Wrath of the Titans. We'll we'll see. And they may do a completely different canon to where it has nothing to do with, you know, maybe the continuing story. I, I don't really know from the previews. It's just kind of like, action, blah, you know. So I, I'm really... You know what it actually looks like? It looks like a companion piece to John Carter of Mars. That and also kind of a, it's not done in the style of 300, but it looks like, you know, along the lines of just, you know, action-y, fighty movies. So it, it'll be interesting to see whether it redeems itself from what it did to Clash of the Titans. And a lot of you may disagree with me if you've seen the original. You're like, this is way better. But I just hate how they change the core of what a character was and just give them completely different motivation. It's like, at least keep something from the story. Uh, the same thing, actually, oh, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite, which is completely different than Brad's Caligula, is The Pirates of Penzance, which was a play, and then they adapted it for the movie, and they had, you know, Rex Smith, Kevin Klein, Linda Rodstadt, Angela Lansbury, and it's a very wholesome musical, and I have seen musicals, uh, the play adaptations of, you know, well, not adaptations, sorry, I've seen the, you know, play revivals uh, around town and other places to where they just completely foobar up they 
Frederick being this completely self-centered womanizer type person when in the original, he was just, he didn't know any better. So he would say the wrong things to women and just kind of, he was very man boyish. And then they just take that character and turn him into just this douchebag. I'm like, really? And uh, Mabel, who would hit these really high notes, and it was Linda Ronstadt's character, they made her screeching because nobody in real life can technically hit those notes anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, you're changing that. And then now, ever since Pirates of the Caribbean, any time you see that, you know, um, that play portrayed since then, they dress like Johnny Depp. I was like, really? You know, not every uh, Johnny Depp and Pirates of the you know, Caribbean or Caribbean, whichever your preference is, that is not the epitome of what a pirate should be. And so it just kills me that people take these pulp um, pop culture things and just uh, twist source material to make it more akin to something popular to and current. what is out currently. Yeah, I just, I don't understand it. And, and to me, you know, something's beloved and treasured for a reason. It would be like if they remade Mary Poppins and like Michael Bay did it or they turned... Mary Poppins into, you know, a bitchy lesbian or just something. I mean, I can just, I can just uh, foresee you, somewhere out Jillian, there. There's... a sassy black woman. <laughs> On that note, we, we, we gotta, we gotta shut down. Now, other than you being on What the F*** every Saturday night, where can we find JZJ every week? JZJ. Um, I am on Twitter, Mrs. JZ Jones, on Facebook as Jillian Zorowski Jones, and then of course on thecinemasnob.com via my husband, the comedic genius. And then you can find me at 1201beyond.com, 1201beyond.blogspot.com, and reach me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And remember, you still got a week left to enter the 42nd Street Forever contest. So I also want to tell everyone to check out my weekly column, Sanity is Razor Thin, at geekjuicemedia.com. And also, right now, the June cover-dated issue of Hustler has an article written by me in it. If you're over 18... Go and pick up the June cover-dated issue of Hustler. Hey, Jillian, say goodnight. Night. Let the battle cry go forth, which is give the people what they want. And what the people want could only be the senseless slaughter of the gutter slime that litters this nation for cash and prizes. Yes, this is the show where people bet their lives to win something big. Because when your life is sh- then you haven't got much to lose on How do you hide money from a hippie? Put it under the soap! I'm sorry, but that angel wasn't in time. You're gonna have to put your mouth on this. Oh, I blew your head clean off! Good thing I was such an expert shot with the National Guard back in Kent State. I begged for that day. There's nothing like hippie, honey. My dad always used to take me along with Lee Harvey Oswald. World's biggest hair, world's tight.
Whatever happened to Eddie Munster? I'm looking at him! Oh, onerous! Help the boy with his hairdo there! Ooh, it's getting ripped off! Oh no! You're no lift! You're out of hood! Hey, what the owner's trying to do with his face? Is that a facelift? Whoa! He's pulling that face clean off! Oh! Help that side out of here! Killed everybody.